I want us to work to occupy a building that works for us. It has no furnace. To burn fossil fuel, we'd have to pour it on the ground and light it. I mean, we're showing that that ship has sailed and it's not some futuristic thing, but right here, right now. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we sit down with Dwayne Peterson, champion of sustainability and social responsibility, and co-founder of Sun Common, Vermont's leading solar provider. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Wait, when do I get to say hello? Right now. Oh, hello. Right now. Dwayne, hello. thank you for joining us. Happy um, to be here. What the, a pledge. The sun has never shone brighter here at <laughs> VSAT. On the shortest day of the year? Uh, the eve of the shortest day. Is today the solstice? Uh, I believe it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. But it is a sunny day today. I brought you the sun. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, sweetie. a little vitamin D. You so, sweetie. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Dwayne. You bet. So, Dwayne, we're not going to waste your time. We're going to jump right in here. Tell us, what is Suncommon, and how did it start? Give us the origin story. Well, Sun Common is a market solution to climate change. Uh, we start from the belief that everyone deserves a healthy environment uh, and a brighter future, and that clean energy is where that starts. So our mission is to knock down the barriers that had been in the way of people going with clean energy um, and to show that business can be a force for good. That's awesome. Um, I do have to say, uh, no big deal, but I am a SunCommon customer. Word. Um, I actually chose SunCommon solar panels over removing the linoleum in my kitchen, which I think is a pretty big effing deal. So just want to throw that out there. Well, so, now that I know that, we'll come over and take care of the linoleum. Do you yeah. mind? Is this linoleum making a comeback? It's all part of the service. I right. think that's sort of like in. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's not So we great. have solarized one in 40 homes in Vermont. So you're in good company. Sweet. One in 40. That's wow, you've come a long legit. way. It's true. We've so what, what were the ba- – you mentioned barriers. So talk about what the barriers um, are or were. Well, when we started – so my business partner, James Moore, and I had never worked in solar before. We were just deeply offended uh, by climate change and the pathetically slow response. And so we started looking at it like, why the hell is that? Because we got to all collectively get on it. And we discovered a few things. One of them was that uh, solar power was just stupid expensive. And, you know, bless them, uh, some rich people threw money at it um, and kind of got the ball rolling. But that wasn't going to achieve the scale that our planet needs. Um, And the other problem was that it was just really complicated for regular people folks with families and jobs and, you know, not astrophysicists to kind of get their heads around. So we thought, gosh, if we could do the legwork and make this really easy and affordable, that maybe we could jack up uh, adoption. And so that's what we set out to do. So you decomplicated it, you packaged it, so the, the pricing or the, the purchase options were, were favorable, and then how did you go about first selling it? I mean, did, did solar just sell itself to the, we're so Vermonty, right? Did we just want it? Or was it really, I'm just, a lot of our companies for the first time present a new way. Right. Well, new, it's a, what, what, what sort of learnings or unexpected uh, hiccups occurred? So the other thing, when we looked at the landscape, we thought that the majority of existing 
kind of providers of solar were male <laughs> engineers. And they were just in love with the gizmo, you know, kind of scientific American and popular mechanics. And this shit is just, oops, uh, this stuff is just so cool. Uh, you, you can swear it will here. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm sure. Not a bad idea. Uh, anyway, that this stuff is just so cool that people should just like want it. And marketing and selling was either an afterthought or worse, it was kind of unseemly. Yeah, you know, well, hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is an utterly discretionary um, act. You know, most people, you write your utility a monthly check and you turn the lights on. And, like, that's the vibe. And so expecting people on their own to come to some um, different conclusion, you know, is unreasonable. So our, our aim was to make this really easy and, dare I say, uh, enjoyable and maybe even fun to do the right thing and save money. And what do you know? It turns out do the right thing and save money uh, is an attractive proposition. And, and did you sort of take the, the VPIRG model, I mean, from which you came, knocking on doors, canvassing neighborhoods to sort of get some initial interest? To well, it's funny you mention that. We actually started as a pilot within VPIRG. So I met James. Uh, I was president of the board of trustees of VPIRG. And he was the um, director of the Clean Energy Program, which was our largest um, issue advocacy area. And like most boards, you know, you don't really know what's going on in the organization. And so I sought out this uh, smart, um, very enthusiastic uh, fellow to learn more about it. And as we kind of kicked around, you know, what could we bring to the party? We convinced VPIRG to essentially create a small business within the nonprofit hmm. to test this community organizing model of making clean energy available to everyday Vermonters. And so I, I, I just left Ben and & Jerry's, and I was its one full-time employee, VPIRG Energy, and we kind of piloted this notion, and uh, it took off. And so... I don't know if we created the demand. I suspect it was more like we uncovered the demand, mm. and it came. It became a little awkward for this uh, VPIRG energy to wag the VPIRG dog, so um, it needed its own its own uh, company, and so we we took it out and started the Sun Common. So what year was that? At? Um, that was seven years ago. Yesterday. So how long from that's first of all timing? We couldn't do better. This is the best time podcast of all time. I well, think. Well, you finally like answered my call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like oh my god. If it's his birthday, right. it's a trifecta, right. right? Is it your birthday? Uh, no, no. Okay. Um, so how long from Vperg Energy launch to Sun Common as its own company, and was that sort of a, a testing period? Like what as that one employee? What were you doing? in those days, what did that look like? Well, so community organizing is about, it starts, so both James and I have backgrounds, among our backgrounds, is in political organizing. And so a theory of social change suggests you start with uh, power mapping. Like, how is a community organized? Uh, you know, the simple term is, you know, who are the movers and shakers? And we're Vermonters, and we've lived here and done stuff for a long time. James and I uh, designed and ran the campaign to shut down Vermont Yankee. And um, so we've, we've been around. And so we start with, you know, who do you know? And, oh, God, Dave Bradbury, you know, he's over at VSET. He knows a lot of people. 
Dave, hey, we finally think we figured out maybe a way to make clean energy really accessible to everyday Vermonters. And do you, do, you, do you have ideas on who we could go talk to to present this? I'd like to get in front of the room for five people, 50 people, 200 people. And Dave says, oh, gosh, you got to talk to Avi over at the synagogue, at the social mission committee. You know, he'll love this. Or, or, or Jane at the Rotary. And you just sort of keep, mm. keep sort of building out um, what, it, what, this, what the civil society looks like. And if you've got, for me, small p politics is understanding what other people are trying to get done and what I'm trying to get done. And is there, is there a way to work together to have something that's more impactful than just us uh, apart? And so we connect with people who think, gosh, yeah, this is a great idea. Uh, I'm concerned about the climate. I've been wondering how to get this done. And if you've got something figured out, by all means. And so now we're just talking to people. And, I mean, this isn't vinyl siding. This isn't a hustle. You know, it's like, for, God, for God's sake, you, you finally figured out how to help me get clean energy? Yeah. And we get a big hug and, you know, build some solar and then move on. So it, it's, I think in all, in all of your podcasts, talking to all your entrepreneurs, I've heard the same kind of thing. This stuff just seems so obvious to us. We just, we just I think the definition is, some opportunity, some need presents, it seems really clear what to do and give it a shot, and every now and then it works out. Yeah, I think some founders, I mean, you have, you have some foresight, right, that either comes from a global view of climate, we've got to solve this, and, and the founders do something about it. And I think that's where you and James and with the support of EPIRG early on, and certainly even in the state house, I mean that the Vermont legislature played a role in oh, sort sure. of getting this 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 going. Um, actually, what do you think about that whole subsidy label? I mean, I've heard you talk about that before. Oh, I am outraged at the subsidy of the fossil fuel industry. Is that is that what you meant? I, well, I was waiting for that to come out. Oh, yeah, right. I, I think you kind of equate it to, to to both. Why wouldn't you subsidize solar or other renewables um, when? when fossil fuel is, is subsidized oh, no, so in various ways way as well. I mean, so the, the dangerous and expensive fuels are wildly subsidized. So nuclear power, for example. The Price-Anderson Act, not to get too geeky, but the, the federal legislation that means private companies who make their revenue from nuclear power do not need insurance is, is remarkable. I mean, you've been in business. Like, what... What what business is exempt from insuring itself? What could go What could go wrong exactly. in a, a nuclear facility watershed? Or, right, or, and all the waste, all the waste that is created, is the responsibility of the federal government. Like, so, like, oh my gosh! And now fossil fuels, you know, are phenomenally um, subsidized to the tune of trillions with a T, and these are companies that are making hundreds of billions of dollars of profit. So, the irony to me is that clean energy the relatively modest subsidy is sunsetted. So the federal income tax credit actually goes away in the year 2022. Uh, nuclear subsidy doesn't go away ever. Right? Fossil fuel doesn't go away ever. Those are in perpetuity destroying our planet. Right. The half-life is 50,000 years <laughs> exactly. versus uh, but the clean sunshine energy, is 12 hours. Clean right. energy is somehow going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to quit uh, any kind of government support for that. So it's, you know, but we... The key, one, of, one of the keys to the joy and whatever success James and I have had is that we are mission-driven. Like, this is, mm -hmm. this is important to us, and it's important to the people we hire and our investors and our employees. 
and we keep getting thrown curveballs. You know, our president, uh, Donald Trump, unilaterally imposed a 30% tariff on all uh, globally sourced solar panels. Well, like, that's not helpful. And we spent about a half hour, you know, swearing and pounding the wall and then like, okay, all right, that's the deal. What are we going to do about it? And And we managed around it and uh, we're building a lot of solar. So it, it, sure, you know, ExxonMobil has their hooks deep into our democracy and they're getting billions of dollars uh, to just drop to their bottom line from the taxpayers. And that's really irritating. And all right, how can we build more solar? And do you... uh you don't really build any technologies yourself. It would, maybe that's changed, but you, you sort of integrate, you know, panel panel A, panel B with with inverter Y and 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 make it easy. Was it the was it the financial model innovation, the sort of community uh, sales, the community uh, solar? Was that an innovation that that you guys brought forth here that may be being replicated elsewhere? I think so. We attempt to apply creativity to how the policy and technology can be used to build uh, gobs of clean energy. And so, with your MBA hat on, you might call it like uh, new product development or program development. So, there's a lot of that. Um, And we keep coming up with new ideas to make it easy and affordable for Vermonters and now folks in New York State uh, to get in on this clean energy revolution. And once they're in, you know, solar energy is almost a gateway drug to all things clean energy. So folks have got their app and they're showing their friends and it's up on, it's like a Prius up on the roof. Okay, that's good. Uh, We've got more. There's more you can do. You can offset the fuel oil or the propane that you're burning in the open atmosphere and sending all that pollution up the smokestack you call a chimney. Um, A lot of people are not, you know, they don't like that and they want to change that and they want to save money doing it. Ooh, we've got a a solution for them. A whole bunch of people are driving electric cars. Um, You can can fuel your car way cheaper than gasoline or diesel. Are are you starting to sell those also to folks or or just EV uh, electric vehicle charging stations? James and I have given probably 40 hours of effort and thought on how we could sell thousands of electric vehicles themselves, but the whole factory dealer statutory thing is not ready for us. Uh, we're going to have to keep working on oh, that. Oh, but you guys like taking on the man that way, so you'll figure it out. Uh, we, we could well. But so the point is there's, there's, there's solar is the first step, and we thought that was the easiest um, first step for us to get our heads around and for us to share with other people. And now there are all these other um, sol- clean energy solutions to continue helping people power their lives uh, with clean, safe, in-state, uh, cheaper uh, renewable energy. So you've mentioned James quite a bit. And love the guy. Love the guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. I'm kind of I'm sorry you're not here, James, but we we forgot to invite you. <laughs> well, frankly. Next time. Next time. We owe you one. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about co-founding, uh-huh. and, and I believe you guys are co-president, too, uh-huh. which is pretty awesome. Um, can you just talk a little bit about sort of that relationship and, you know, how did that relationship sort of form Suncommon as, as it is today, and um, maybe talking to other entrepreneurs who are starting businesses alone, like why maybe they should consider a co-founder? 
Well, I'm I'm a swell guy, um, but <laughs> who I, wouldn't want to work with you? Am I, I right? I so he and I are, he and I are very different people, and we both have very demonstrable strengths and weaknesses, and they line up really well. And because we're mission driven, like I don't I don't want to I don't I want to I want to succeed, and I bet if I did it by myself, I would not uh, to this degree certainly. And he feels the same way, and so. It helps a lot that I shared an office with Ben and Jerry for 12 years. And I saw two guys in daily action, very, very different people who were also mission-driven and also well understood their strengths and weaknesses and held hands to make some really beautiful stuff happen. So it's in that spirit that uh, our company's getting two of us um, which I think kind of works, whereas either one of us would at least work less so and maybe not at all. Maybe you should have named it Dwayne and James's. James and Dwayne's. Oh, my God, totally. Damn. Yeah. Is it no, too late? No. Dwayne and James's Great <laughs> no. Adventure. No, yeah. No, no. All right, we'll save that for the, right. for the next one. Um, how many people working for you? How big is the company? I know you bought one in New York recently, too. We so. did. Uh, we're up to, I think, 170 employees. Wow. Like, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. Do um, they all have to drive cars with stickers on it? Uh a few, a, f- a few score of them do, yeah. yeah okay. Um, That's an opt-in thing or requirement for some? Well, so like I'm putting the business plan together, and uh, neither of us had ever worked in solar, right? And so I talked to somebody who had, and like, okay, so if you're running around talking to Vermonters about this opportunity, like how many miles a year do you think, you know, we're going to drive? Uh, 12,000. Like I don't know what, where that number is, some sort of <laughs> standard knee-jerk number. All right, so I did the math, and if you pay out the mileage, you know, to reimburse somebody for their own car, it's actually more expensive than leasing a Prius. This is back in the day, before we really had electric cars. And so, all right, so we're going to get a bunch of these Prii, and, oh. Prii, sorry. Well, it's Latin. I mean, come on. Um, Couldn't let that one go by. (laughs) And so one of the many, 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 many things that Ben uh, taught me and or we conjured up was uh, mobile vehicle promotions. And so it turns out you can wrap these things for less than the cost of a Burlington Free Press ad for one day. I mean, you guys are the largest billboard company in Vermont. I reject that term. With those rolling uh, Joyful, cute little cars. So... So like yeah, so we so the people who work in the field, uh, they they are issued a company car which saves us money. Hello, I mean we are yeah. a business and we're trying not to blow money, and uh, the design I hope is sort of joyful and memorable and uh, fun. Absolutely, another thing I might have learned from Ben and Jerry's. So speaking of your employees, um, can you talk to us a little bit about the culture at Suncommon and? maybe what happiness resources are? Hmm. Um, Well, one of the many reasons I wanted to start the company is I wanted to create a place that I would want to work at. You know, most of us in jobs spend a hell of a lot more time with our coworkers than we do with our loved ones. And I really like my my wife. And instead, I'm spending my time with James and all these other people. So so I want it to be joyful. and I think a business, sure, there might have been a couple of good ideas in the early going and, and such, but it's really just a bunch of people. Um, so to me, it's really all about the people. Um, and I guess the, fa- the, the, the buzzword now is culture, but it's just like a bunch of people trying to get something done. 
yeah, meeting basic needs and. Well, so the golden rule, I think, is a pretty good way to live life. Like, how do you want to be treated? And so I just imagine how I want to be treated and, and try, to, try to care for other people that way. Um, and again, like we were talking before, it, for most entrepreneurs, this stuff just seems so straightforward and so easy. So, yeah, we, we, we I think, we try anyway to really care for our people. And 170, it's a, a lot of folks. And any sort of trouble sort of scaling that? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're in the throes of that. Um, and we're feeling some of those uh, some of those challenges. And we're trying to name them and trying to be above board and trying to solve them. And stumble we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but do that openly and hopefully expressing the best of intentions and asking people to call us on it when we come up short. And are you able to find the people you need here in Vermont? Yeah, I'm really... uh, So someone the other day said that we are an employer of choice, which I guess is some kind of Chamber of Commerce term for people want to work for us. Um, So I hear a lot of whining about how, gosh, it's so hard to hire and the unemployment's so low and blah, blah, and I don't know. we, (laughs) we, We tend to attract really wonderful people. And I think that's... I don't think it's because we have colorful cars. I think it's because of the mission and the way we treat each other. And it was before that beautiful building. Well, so that's part of it. Um, Tell us about that. Well, again, a business is a bunch of people who spend a hell of a lot of time together. And so I want me and I want us to, to, to work to occupy a building that works for us. And so it's a positive energy building. It has no furnace. We're up in the mountains in Vermont. Uh, it's been cold the last few days, and it's totally comfortable inside. To burn fossil fuel, we'd have to pour it on the ground and light it. I mean, we're showing that that ship has sailed, and it's not some futuristic thing, but right here, right now. Um, and it's open, airy, light, uh, joyful. Uh, there's any given day, there's five or six or eight dogs walking around, I call them therapy dogs. Uh, I think we should put them on the payroll. Um, so it's just, it's like, you know, it, imagine how you would want to spend your day in a work environment, and we tried to create that. That's awesome. Yeah, imagine. I mean, you created, again, with the, the sense of mission and purpose, and then you, you sort of back it up, right? And, and that makes it successful and attractive, I would think. Yeah, um, and happily, this stuff, if done thoughtfully and intentionally, uh, is not any more expensive than doing it dumb. So, um, again, back to this, our sort of core purpose, making this uh, easy and affordable um, is really important because if, if it's some niche thing for, for those other people to do, then it's never really going to take off. But I think we've... We've solarized one in 40 homes in Vermont because this is, maybe it is easy and affordable, and we've shown that this is here and now, and here you can just do this. What's the saturation point? Good question. Um, I imagine at 20 or 30%, the way the grid is currently structured, uh, we'll get to do some significant new engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, bring it. Like, this is, this is, where, this is, this is where we have to go. Right. I mean, we are definitely on the right side of history. And so uh, we have to ride out some of the silliness and some of the legacy destructive industry foot dragging um, 
to live to keep fighting another day. Um, but yeah, this is all we're, we're we're just doing this. And you know, others have have gone further. The, the country of Germany, which happens to reside significantly further north on the planet, they get less sun than we do. Hard to believe there's a grayer place. Well, than, than here, right? Well, uh, the flip side is I don't know about you, but that's my favorite star. Um, the sun is really bright, uh, and it just bathes you know Earth in a lot of radiation. Um, more so at the equator, for sure, but even at the top, there's plenty to turn into clean energy. So you have a pretty dang impressive board of advisors. Can you talk to us a little bit about their role at Suncommon and sort of why that was important to you in building your company? Um, well, again, I said before, I, I, I think I'm a swell guy, um, and I want to, but I want to surround myself with people smarter than me. Um, Maybe I've got a few things figured out, but there's a lot to figure out, and there's a lot more to innovate. Uh, and then there's the curveballs. So we have both a board of directors, a so-called fiduciary board as a corporation, mm-hmm. but I wanted even more smart people. And so we have a, a board of advisors as well, and we commingle the two. So we meet as one big bunch, and it's just a bunch of really smart people who are um, driven to by the mission and loyal to our little business who are trying to help us. And so our meetings are not about my trying to pull the wool over their eyes, but trying to uh, extract wisdom from them. Uh, so that's worked out really, really, really well. And has that been a part of your <coughs> business from the start? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think first time we met, you were like, already had an advisory board, but didn't really have a business started yet, right? It was right. sort of like, I'm going to get smart people. Committed people, and we're going to figure this out because well, the problem's not going away. The challenge isn't going away. And you, you're, you're like Exhibit E. Like when we were dreaming up the business, I went around and talked to a bunch of people I thought were smart and had done stuff and had succeeded and had failed and bouncing our notions off literally you, David, and yeah, others. I remember the conversations yeah. were awesome. And so – you know, why wouldn't you crowdsource wisdom? Uh, and here in Vermont, as your podcast repertoire suggests, you know, we've got a real roster of people who have um, achieved amazing things. And they're all, to you listening out there, you know, they are available to us all. They are. We all I have mean, opinions. If they pick <laughs> up the phone when Dave and I call, they'll really pick it up for anyone, I would say, you know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I never knew Exhibit E was basically at the end of the alphabet. You know, like, it's like you ran out of folks. So I'm here. What the hell? Well, Talk I think to we Dave. to double T, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's really um, great. Um, so in the journey of the company, um, any key inflection points when when really things started to take off? Was it a big failure that you had to course correct on to sort of say, oh, gosh, we need to sell this way or price this way? Do you recall? Because uh, it it seldom is wonderful from oh day one, right? There's there's Well, so everybody thinks their thing is unique, um, and uh, I think ours is. So we call it the solar coaster. Solar coaster. Right. So, right, uh, you listening can't see my uh, handsome face, but like I'm, you know, I'm 62 years old and I've done a bunch of things, including some pretty dramatic failures. And no organization, no business I've been involved with is this susceptible to outside forces. So at Ben and Jerry's, our big outside threat was commodity milk price, right? I mean, a pint of ice cream is mostly milk. Um, 
And we literally hedged against that. In this one, we've got federal regulatory, federal congressional, we've got interest rates, and now tariffs, thank you very much. At the state level, we've got the legislature, we've got regulatory, and in the shire of Vermont, we have 14 utilities, right? So about every three months, one of those entities burps in some significant fashion that, you know, in their little silo, they think something's a really wonderful idea. And I don't know, excuse me, we're, we're, we're trying to deal with climate change out here, and we're trying to, to build a boatload of clean energy, and you just screwed us. And so like I was yammering before, after a half hour of whining about it, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? We figure it out. So we've had, we've had some real curveballs thrown at us. Um, and, you know, okay, uh, what's, what, what are we going to, you know, lemons, lemonade, what are we going to do? Get tangled up, tango on, right? To, so a few years ago, we discovered, sounds pompous, we became aware that about half of all the Vermonters that we got all excited about the prospect that you can finally get in on clean energy, they'd raise their hands, yeah, I want in, I want in. We'd have to tell them, no, your roof faces away from the sun, or your roof is shaded by trees, or, or, or. Well, that blows, right? Like, we got somebody excited about the prospect, and we're trying to build clean energy, and we got to tell them no. Oh, and by the way, we're a business, and so like kissing off all the money that we spent to get to that part is no good. And so we raised another series of uh, investment money, and we launched a community solar program that for the two years we had it going, we actually had a chunk of U.S. market share here in tiny Vermont in this innovative community solar. And then the regulator shut it down. Like we were the collateral damage in this bigger fight that they were fighting uh, with much, much larger uh, scale solar, and we were the we were the ant that got stepped on. Well, damn, Darn, you know? right? Yeah, <laughs> like that was that, really innovative. It was but. really innovative. It was really cool. I mean, we had a solar solution for everyone, and so you know, like we, you know, MBA speak, we doubled our total addressable market, and it was great for the business. But but more importantly, we built a lot more solar and had a solar solution for everyone to get that many more people in on the, the kind of clean energy journey. Um, so, you know, we, that kind of stuff was uh, uh, bad for the mission, harmful to the business, and we dusted ourselves off and figured out what to do. In that case, for what it's worth, we converted. I'm not into laying people off. And we have all these really, I mentioned before, wonderful people working for us. And so we quick converted that whole unit over into small commercial. And so now we're one of the state's largest um, builders of commercial solar, targeting the underserved kind of smaller business market. Boy, I I pitched uh, John and Jen Kimmich the other day to, hey, let me flick the switch because they're putting in a a big canopy system, right, that you're all doing at the office? Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. You're not flipping the switch. Get the hell out I of the way. Well, that's, that's what they told me. But I've, you got to ask, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're the celebrity. You've got to ask. And I was going to auction sw- it off for VSAT. We're, we're a 501c3, right? We don't, yeah. we don't fundraise that way, but why not? Uh, right. Yeah. So we've. Mostly we've, I was playing for a four pack. So. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we've solarized breweries. We solarized a gas station. I love that one. Um, that's so good. <laughs> so anyway, just as, as many ways as we can think of helping 
Vermonters and now folks in New York get in on clean energy, we're going to do it. So we're a, we're a big investor, early investor in uh, Northern Reliability, which mm-hmm. is now in, and also in Waterbury, this little um, that does storage systems uh, for from renewables. Where what are you offering for storage now? Has that entered the equation? I mean, absolutely. And and are you seeing demand for that at the at the household level? We were utterly shocked. We put out one email to some of our existing customers and sold 100 home energy storage systems in like a week. <laughs> um, and so now it's the Tesla Powerwall. Oh, you're selling uh, the Tesla yeah. Wall, yeah. Okay. Which is the equipment that uh, works really well. And so now that we think we have visibility on uh, significant supply – Love Tesla, but, you know, they've had some challenges getting stuff out the door. Um, that looks like that's over with their um, battery storage. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna really crank that up. Uh, Vermonters and folks oh, in New York. That makes sense. Really hey, like we it. only back up power. I mean, you know, again, the, the, the lights used to go up for 12 hours. Now it might be three, four days. And with the wackiness of weather, it needs to be a, a little bit longer. So, um, Indeed. No, energy independence feels really good. So the first time I saw a, a battery storage room, um, gosh, I must have been 12 years old. My my dad financed and, and, my dad and, and it financed and built the first photovoltaic home in the United States at Strawberry Hill. So, so when Amory Lovins puts up, this is where it started. This, yeah. this is the house in Carlisle, Mass. The battery room was like being on a German U-boat. It was a separate, concreted area. It was. Right. I can't imagine how dangerous it was. It, I'm sure today child labor laws would prevented me from, from being anywhere near it, but it's come a long, long way. Uh, yeah, yes, indeed. Yeah, so we're cranking on that. That's um, among those clean energy products that we are making available to people, and they seem to love them. Is Vermont, um, are we big enough for you and James still to sort of promote this mission? Well, we're Vermonters. We live here. Um, this is this is what we know the best, and we have a long way to go. I mean, uh, you, you know, you both were kind of tickled that we've solarized one in forty homes. Well, I don't know. There's thirty nine to go, so like, you know, we got a long runway here, and if we are mission driven and we think we might have figured something out, we feel kind of obliged to take it on the road, and so that's what took us to New York. And New York is, I don't know, the size of a small country. You know, compared yeah, to huge, Vermont, right. so we got a lot to do there, and you know we'll see. Um, we're not on some mission to flip this thing. We're not. You know, we we, we want to do good in the world, and it's to some people we've grown quickly. We think we've been thoughtful, and we want to keep cranking, uh, not blow it up, but uh, build it out. A couple years ago, you uh, mentioned you were going to go to Burning Man for the first time. That was, a, that was more than a couple. It was a couple. Ago. I thought, well, maybe we just we left. You were fif- going to. I'm coming up on 15. Okay. Um, the burn mitzvah. It, has this been your graduate school, <laughs> Burning Man? Or oh, why, why do you keep going back? It's a phenomenally loving community. Um, again, I was talking about the community that I've that we've tried to build in our company, and no place on earth is the community more creative, um, engaging, accepting, and loving than Burning Man. And it's like the closest to like actually being on the sun, I think, as you can get, right? <laughs> like if Bread and Puppet had sunshine, for example. Maybe. 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 Well, so there are three basic rules. Don't hurt anybody, don't hurt nature, and don't sell anything. 
And compared to the strictures that we operate in, even in kind of freewheeling Burlington, Vermont, like that affords jaw-dropping creativity um, in fashion, in dwelling, in art installation, in performance, in music, in mobile vehicles. There, it is, it is uh, an incredibly creative and open and loving place. It's on my bucket list. Well, we go every year. All right. Um, room for one more? I'll carry my own weight. Uh, he may not come back, Sam. It's, it's just a week. That's the thing. And then it's over, and then it's leave no trace. It never happened. Uh, but that's once a, you're that, on that side of the Rockies, pod. it takes a commitment to come, to come back. That's I a think. different podcast, so. I think. Um, I just want to ask a quick question here. Any Vermont companies other than Suncommon that you're totally stoked about and impressed by and excited for? Oh, SCADs. I mean, I think there's a book to be written on how the little tiny state – you know, we have the population of a medium-sized California city, and yet our values-led business community is amazing. I mean, Ben and & Jerry's and King Arthur Flower and 7th Generation and Gardner Supply, um, Green Mountain Power, you know, the only certified B Corp utility on the planet Earth. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, I just am totally stoked to hang out uh, with that crowd. Um, and now there's... Perhaps because those companies helped spawn and inspire others, myself included, we go out and start our own little businesses. So there's just a gob of up-and-coming ones, some of them in clean energy, some of them in farm-to-table, um, some of them now in healthcare. That yeah, I just I'm just and and you know I'm I'm I wander around the country in the values-led business community, and folks are truly amazed at what Vermont. Uh, uh, generates in terms of our um, values that business. Agree. Um, we have to wrap it up. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know it's sad, uh, but we're going to do the magic wand question. So, magic wand time. Okay. If you could change one thing about Vermont, what would it be? Wow, wow, wow. I truly love Vermont. I chose Vermont. We moved here 22 years ago. Um, One thing could be could be anything. We've had wildlife, we've had healthcare, we've had diversity. It's, it's a really great answer. I think diversity is still a, improving the, the diversity of our, our people. Is, is I the almost want to say yes, like absolute diversity. And what else? Because it's like I think that's far and away the most important. I think important. The, the one the one. I don't know. It's not something easily changed. But the one a disappointment I have is that while our state government is incredibly accessible to us and populated by truly decent people, there are no resources. So Vermont is still a state. And as a state, we need a higher education system. We need a, a, a prison system. We need a mental health system. And these are extraordinarily expensive, and they don't scale down well. And I think those, that infrastructure is not serving our people well, in part because there's just no money. Um, and that's and that's holding us back. So we should merge with upstate New York and New Hampshire and Maine to get density. You think? Or? I I think politically that's sort of untenable. But um, so but I was practically you could right. I mean that's how you create a, a larger healthcare network. For it would example, it would right? actually serve the people a great deal better. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on this. It's almost like I was saying before. There are 14 utilities. Like, I kind of understand, it's a little like the state. I kind of understand the history of how that came about, but it's just wildly inefficient, 
and therefore the service to the people is not at all what it could be at a more uh, effective um, scale. And I, you know, you know me well enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not backing the man here. But in terms of actually serving people's needs, um, it's tough to do on the scale. Well, thank you. That's a good, I thought for sure Sammy's going to say more days of sunshine. Like, I, like that was the that would have been the pithy one. I, I'll go back to it. It's a really strong star, and we get. Well, do you see plants in Vermont? Are there plants here? They're doing fine. And they do that on solar energy. Let's go walk around this office at the end, and you'll see some uh, former plant life. Well, that's because you've got them imprisoned indoors. Set them up. Set them free, man. We have a lot of dinosaurs here, just to remind us of of the cycles. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series has been made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at VSET, that's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening. Get out in the sun, and let's get back to work. Go solar. Go solar. <laughs>